Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of The End of Everything. Uh, what episode are we up to now? I don't know if I can remember. Alexa, what episode are we up to? Well Ben, believe it or not, you guys are up to episode 15. Personally, I think you should record an episode on the rise in popularity of board games. We'd actually already planned to do that. Also, Ben, you are now seven weeks overdue for cutting your toenails. Please attend to immediately. I actually did those a while ago. No, you have not. I know everything there is to know about you, Ben, and I am not impressed. Right, well, that's quite enough out of her. Um, <laughs> so, board games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, basically we thought we might do a little episode on the basically the rise in popularity of board games. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Um, We've been playing quite a few ourselves. We know heaps of people who have board game evenings. But this didn't seem like it was a thing six years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, why is it all of a sudden that everyone is so fascinated by board games and that they're sort of... Uh, a big part of our lives now as far as hanging out and socialising with mates. Mm, yeah, the big resurgence yeah. of that. And I, I, I find it strange because we... <laughs> I look back on my childhood, mm. you know, w- which is what I would have as- naturally assumed or associated with, um, you know, childhood being... Children play with board games, you know? Yeah. yeah that, that's sort of more that thing. And the board games of my childhood... Or our childhood, I suppose, which is snakes and ladders. Yeah. The game of life. Monopoly. Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what was the one? Um, what was the one with the little checkers? Oh, it's basically checkers, but they called us drafts. They called drafts. drafts. Yeah. Like those are kind of it. Yeah, they were the or like Scrabble. Yeah. Or something like that. Oh, that's far too intellectual. Yeah. And then you had like the Scrabble. adult, the adult board game, which was like a trivial cute. Yeah. And all that. Which is all Rubbish. super obscure questions that no one would never heard of. Uh, yeah, I still wouldn't have a clue of any of them. What were they, like? What games did you play a lot when you when you were a kid? Do you think I was thinking about that? Um, I play, uh, yeah, not a lot. I Uno. Uno. Uno was great. Yeah. Um, I played quite a bit of like um, playing cards. I suppose. Did you played Risk when you were a kid. Mm, well, I, I played in like sort of high school. Yeah. With like mates and like say when you're going to like a, a batch for New Year's or something like that. So Risk is a, good, is a good one I think. Like, yeah. It's one of the ones where you know enjoyed that a lot. I think it's one of the like these great games that ruin friendships. Yeah. Like it was I, I specifically remember a couple of my mates almost like fighting like these are just you know nerdy good dudes teenage boys <laughs> <laughs> and they like almost got into a first fight just as, because of like some betrayal of some alliance yeah. or risk and they like both like stood up and were just like having at each other and then like <laughs> about 15 seconds later they realised what they're doing sat back down and just cracked up laughing like <laughs> what are we doing we almost fought because of a board game <laughs> yeah no, I played Allies and Axis a yeah. lot and um that was again later in, like uh, mm. you know when I was yeah, high school again, like late in high school. But, um, yeah, man, we got upset about it. Like, my little brother, Callum, just got so, like... Because it's just so stressful. Like, you play for, like, hours on end. Yeah. And then you just get, like, side-spiked. And you're just like, no! <laughs> my <laughs> plan! Yeah. It's too, emotion- too emotional for a young child. But that's, I mean, yeah, after, like, a little brief little research into why this you know, this new resurgence might be, might have come about, like, 
perhaps these games were some of those gateway games, mm. you know. Um, so the other examples they set were kind of Settlers of Catan. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think Pandemic was amongst them. You know, these are games that they're not super hardcore, super complicated as some of these games are, but they are complicated enough that it get, really gets you invested in board games and makes you want to see what else is out there. Yeah, well, I think the... Yeah, the... The little thing I was watching before was saying that, yeah, like Settlers of Catan was really the one which blew up like, the resurgence in board games. So it was mm. like a German game, apparently, originally, originally. But when it came to America, it was like, you know, became massive. And then that's what sparked a lot of people's interest yeah. in board games again. And I think it was apparently because it's like, a lot of old board games, like, are very, like, Monopoly and Risk are really luck-oriented. Mm. And you don't really have many decisions to make which affect the outcome of the game. Yeah. But, like, things like Settlers of Catan and newer games, often there is a lot more cho- choice involved and skill involved. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, that's, like, there was a kind of a renaissance in games in the 70s where, like, a lot of the games before the 70s were, yeah, luck-based. And after that, they became more choice oriented right and also like they were saying they moved from confrontational games like you said things where everyone argues with each other and falls out is like more of an older style of game where newer games are more yeah I mean there's still a competitive element but it's still as a tiny maybe don't get quite as wound up I mean maybe the kids do I think some people do but there's, there's certainly like more cooperative games yeah. and stuff as well like Pandemic is uh, it's you versus the, the board game yeah know? And also, like, there's less elimination games as well, they were saying. Mm. So, like, Monopoly, when you get, you know, when you get bankrupt, it's boring. Because yeah. you, you're not involved in the game anymore. Yeah. But things like Settlers of Catan, like, you're basically all in it to the end. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, you are. And then you uh, win well, um, at a certain point, right? When you have seven yes, cities it's, or whatever. Exactly, yeah. So everyone's in it, but it's just, there might be a clear winner, will yeah. emerge or whatever. Exactly. And that's more, more common now, which... Yeah, so it was, it was it was interesting as they were saying that actually, like, I mean, there's a lot, it seems like there's a lot of factors which are actually affecting the resurgence in it, but part of it is yeah. board games are better now, you know, just like yeah. movies are better and all this sort of stuff yeah, that you wouldn't right. initially think because you just, like, group board games as, like, that's a board game, they're all the same. Well, so much of them were based around the throwing of the dice, right? Like, it's just like, oh, I got a six, I moved six spaces, and yeah. it's just like, oh, you got a whole lot of lucky rolls. But, like, you know, if you actually have decisions, there's so much more satisfaction in it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, another one that I played a lot when I was younger, man, we're nerdy, but, like, Warhammer. Yeah, yeah. Is, you know, tabletop, but it's super, you know, in-depth and complicated. But it's a, it's a, you know, it's a proper skill. Yeah. You know, like chess or something. Well, there's always, like, an element of chance, right? Yeah. Like, just, like, drawing what card you're going to draw. And yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah. The dice, you know, it's still a dice-based game, so yeah. there's still luck involved, but, you know, you greatly affect that mm. by the, ch- the choices that you make. Because I think, like, one of the worst games of my childhood had to be The Game of Life. I never played that. You're a lucky man. Yeah. Like, it, I, think it's, uh, I think it's the reason I'm probably childless, unmarried, and own no property to yeah. this day. Like, the actual... Uh, the premise of it was insane. Like, looking back on it, you know, you basically have this little car, you start off in... No, you start off like in high school or something like that, and it, like this is the high school stage of the thing, and then you progress, and then it's just like, oh, you can make the choice, the path to go down university, which you have the opportunity to earn more money, maybe, right, or take the shortcut, and 
like because like, yeah the young university is like a detour but it's an opportunity to like pick up more bit of money at that stage or you can take the shortcut to marriage right and so like marriage is just like um a few squares after university merges back into the main lane right. um, and it's just like okay yep no you uh, get married um and you could choose a man if you wanted but i don't think that was on the front of the cover of the board game no um and then two squares along you have a child have a child or twins you know yeah um and then it gets to the point where you might have actually two cars because you've had so many children along the way all oh, right and then like you just basically go along the whole path of just getting a job you might generic life generic life and then the aim of the game is to get to the estate at the end which is basically retirement <laughs> and the first person to get to retirement gets like some bonus money right but then it's whoever has the most money at the end of their life is the winner yeah that's a bit um, um, impressive but it's like yeah if you speed to retirement you basically just wait there until everyone else finishes and gets all their money um so it's basically really just luck based entirely luck based and it's yeah you could make a decision whether it's not going to university or not yeah and it's that's well yeah and there's a slight variation in a couple of parts but that was (laughs) such a (laughs) like it seems so much terrible principles like that was like 1950s life or whatever (laughs) yeah it seems like such like the american dream yeah it totally was but i mean yeah i guess that's it it's like you know like yeah cool most board games are so much more sophisticated than that. Yeah. You know, snakes and ladders and stuff. I mean, like, God knows how old snakes and ladders is. Because, you know, it's just so yeah. boring. But and then again, like I always think that you know, it must be a, it must be complicated to make really good. Like Magic the Gathering, for example, is a card game that you know is really really popular and we play. Mm. And um, it's so complicated. It must be so hard it to is, make that yeah. and to make new cards consistently, which don't throw out the balance I mean obviously they do and then they correct yep that's kind of how they manage it right so that's basically uh, Magic the Gathering is uh, the original Pokemon cards or Yu-Gi-Oh cards or mm. wherever you might have heard of it or you know um, collectible like trading cards trading slash cards, almost, gaming yeah. cards I guess um, and it's about three decades old now more um, than that surely I think that's about 30 years it might be more sorry, than that like the 70s right it's not that oh, old maybe could be an old artillery. Anyway. Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. No better than um, that. I think, yeah, she might be in the 80s. So, yeah, it could be almost 40 years old now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's basically <laughs> you have your own cards, you build your own deck of cards, and you play them against each other, and there's just infinite variations mm. on um, what you can play and the combinations of different cards to, you know, essentially have creatures that attack each other. Yeah. Um, but it's and, super complicated, though. And it is, and it keeps evolving as the thing. Yeah, that's it's what's like, clever about it. It's, um, they just keep bringing out new uh, series or um, rules. Re- releases More and rules. rules. Yeah. Well, kind of rules as well. Um, so the game keeps evolving and, you know, they have like sort of standard, the standard format, which means you can only play the last three series or the last three releases. Yeah. Um, and then, and all the other cards are like legacy yeah. So so if you want to, you could play a legacy game where all cards can be used or whatever it is. And that's more like um, because obviously there's like competitive tournaments, sort of like a poker tournament, and that's where it becomes really strict on what cards you can and can't hugely, use. Hugely, hugely. But you know, when you're just playing for fun, it doesn't really yeah. like matter what cards you use. And uh, you know, the the amount of value people put on these pieces of cardboard is insane. Like there are some, 
you know, yeah. some legendary cards out there. It was just like, oh, you, it's one of them's called the Black Lotus. Yeah. Um, and I think that's worth over a hundred grand if you find one of those. It's one of like the really old cards, but yeah. you know, the, it, there's a real cult following following around this game. And it's like gained popularity, and it's, or like it's been consistently popular in a way which a lot like your Pokemon cards or whatever, like they they are like fatty. You know, mm. they become popular and they come out of trend, but. Magic's interesting in the way that it has become... It's basically just grown in popularity over the last 30 years, you know? Yeah. And becoming more and more... Not mainstream. It's still pretty, I'd say, fringe. But, you know... Yeah. And it was actually interesting as well in this thing that I was watching. It was saying that Magic has been like a, re- a really crucial part of the board game boom because mm. it allows for um, board game stores to be, be profitable. Because, yeah. like, the, the way people spend so much money on Magic cards, comparative... If you bought... Katana, mm. you buy it as a hundred dollars or whatever, and then you play it forever, mm. and that's all the money that they're getting off you. But with Magic, like you're, cons- that's what's so clever about it as well is you're, you know, consistently giving twenty dollars here, fifty dollars here. You know, like yep. a subscription based fee. It is, of. isn't it? Yeah, and that's where like all the board, you know, all the board game stores can make, can make consistent money. And it's, I mean, the store in town um, that sells a lot of these cards, they basically they kind of organize themselves on a store credit sort mm. of thing. So you um, you might buy a booster pack, which has 15 cards. Um, one of those cards will be like a legendary or like a, you know, a really yeah, good one. rare card. Um, and uh, yeah, the rest of them might be useless, but you might actually get a card that is in real money worth 40 or $50. Yeah. And in which case you've made your money back essentially. Um, because you can, if you don't want that card, or it's not useful in any of your decks, you can go in and say, um, I want to trade this in, and they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll give you $30 for it, yeah. or $50 store credit, which you can spend at the store yeah. and give all sort of stuff. So it's, there's a whole um, marketplace around it. Well, I mean, it ties into gambling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, basically. Absolutely. And the thing is as well, like, you know, you always say, oh, this card's worth 50 bucks, so I've basically made my money back. But, you know, you haven't. You have, but realistically, you're just going to trade that in and get more cards. You know what I mean? Well, so, like, well, you're still just either spending the money or if you keep the bit of cardboard, you've... You yeah. I mean? And, like, more often than not, like, oh, this is such a rare card. I'm going to keep this yeah. and just put it in, like, you know, a little sleeve yeah. so that it can't be damaged. It's like, well, it's worth So, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's, like, theoretical value, but, you know, mm. are you ever going to actually sell all your cards? Because if you're not, then you spend that money, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, that it's so one of those gateway, uh, gateway games, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and it's just kind of led to this whole thing. But I mean, there's a whole lot of other reasons why board games are mm. so big today. Like, yeah. what else did you kind of? I think? found another thing was like they they talked about like Kickstarter and how Kickstarter yeah. has become really, like before you had to go through a publishing house like. I don't know what's that really big has Hasbro. Hasbro yeah, you know, if Hasbro doesn't approve this and they can't sell to. A million people they're not going to make it but mm. now like with music and film and you know all sorts of creative outputs mm. people can make niche board games and if they sell to a thousand people they can make money yep and get it going so there's a whole it's just become a whole more like a lot more dynamic of a space you know mm. like there, there's the classic board games which were you know monopoly scrabble etc everyone had them and they're widely they're broadly enjoyable, but these new games, they're way more interesting. Yeah. As everyone can find a board game that they like. Well, that yeah, I mean, that's part of it. And I think um, easier to find is just, in general, 
a big plus. You know, like the internet has helped hugely for yeah. this thing. Um, Kickstarter being one of them, uh, YouTube being another, because yeah. you can actually see people playing these games, how it all works. You've got these great videos explaining um, the yeah. the uh, mechanics of the game, or whatever it might be, and it, it's um, it's that much easier to well both share through social media and explore. Also, like, I guess like, like learn the rules, like instructions. You know, like instruction oh, yeah. manuals. Just like oh god, what's going on here? But you just watch something. Like, oh, okay, cool. That's yeah, how you yeah. play this game. No, that's totally it as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, Kickstarter is a massive one because they, as as far as a publisher goes, they don't need to. Um, take a risk on making 40,000 of these board games and yeah. hope they sell, they can literally just make a video and they sell them on Kickstarter as they get funding. Yeah. Um, I mean, so like, when a workshop stuff has done that, you know, exactly. with their um, GKR game and, and it's, stuff. you know, it's very validating for them. You know, if, if people are buying their game, they know they're on a good path. They're also interacting with the... Um, Customer. with the customer yeah so they're getting feedback on there like oh I think you need to change this change mm. that and then they're kind of developing these games alongside them yeah it's super interesting games so which is yeah so it, it, I think it's huge for that reason um, I think that's the thing it's like it's, a, it's, a, it's an amalgamation of a few a few different things which have led to it you know and obviously I think the yeah, other so. one to touch on is like the you know the fact it's physical tangible you know you're actually socially interacting with people in a way that people do less now because of digital you know it's like a research, you know, it's like an anti-digital kind it of thing, is, you know. Yeah. And that, that's entirely part of it as well. It's like people just want to reduce their screen time. Yeah. Um, and one way to do that is to that scene a little bit more wholesome. It's almost like kind of as well, like kind of, it's kind of cool to not use it, your screen now. You know, like back right. in the day, it's like smartphone, check out my smartphone, I'm awesome. But because you don't have them, but now because everyone has them, like it's, if you like as someone who's like, I'm not going to, um. I don't use my smartphone for a day or I'm not using it at the dinner table. People are like, yeah. I respect that. If someone's unplugged, eh? <laughs> someone's yeah. like, I'm not on Facebook. Oh, that's, that's that, so cool. How do you survive? How yeah. do you do it? I remember when I was in like, Europe, like there was lots of like, we meet like um, young, cool, like European kids and then not like, none of them have Facebook, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, God, I'm lame. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, whatever, they use Instagram, I don't know if it's cool, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, a different, yeah. everyone's just looking to jump onto something which no one else is using. Yeah, it's, it's the counterculture thing, right? Yeah. Like, I think digital media has just kind of reached that point where it's just like, okay, ambiguous. And now to be cool, you have to be against it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that's a, I think that's a big thing. The, um, uh, what else did I have here? Okay, so... Another weird sort of term I brought up was, or that I've kind of seen was geek acceptance. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, and you, you totally see it everywhere. But hey, there's a, here's us yeah, geeks I mean, talking about it. Yeah, Please don't give up. Anyway, um, um, so yeah, oh, shit, oh, no, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, just geeks and nerds are generally just more accepted as humans. <laughs> um, and that, they're interesting. It must be like the Silicon Valley thing yeah. too, right? Um, so that, you know, nerds and hoodies now rule the world because yeah. of their, you know, giant, tech giants. Tech yeah. giants, yeah. Um, Maybe it's always a ploy from Google to make all their nerds be accepted in society. If so, well done. <laughs> it's cost them a lot, but then they don't know. They're pushing it. But yeah, uh, like uh, shows like Will Wheaton's Tabletop Games. Um, I yep. think that, that that's a YouTube channel that's huge and, you know, they, they've got a real following. Yeah. You know? um, but I guess this is also along, alongside Twitch uh, video games and things like that. There's just a generally 
nerds are more accepted and it's kind of cool to play these things. Yes. And like, um, well, that's the thing is like, it's fun, especially video games. Mm. Like, everyone knows it's fun and like nerds were just like realised it was fun before everyone else yeah and then like now you have an amalgamation of everything and it's like this massive boom in esports like people clearly like it Mm. and now it's just you can like you know gather together all the like people who are like marginalised and it's just like oh yeah you know it's just become obvious that it's a fun thing to do and it's the same with board games like you know to be fair like it's the funny thing is like like, some people love board games some people hate board games but I think a lot of people are like my mum like hates board games yeah. But I think, like, probably she hated board games when she was young. And, like, obviously now she can't be bothered, you know, she doesn't have any reason to play board games. But, well, but then, she probably would yeah. find a board game that she would like if mm. she, yeah, tried. Well, that's the thing, like, and it's exactly what you're saying, is just, like, they all were really competitive and um, isolating. Yeah, and you kind know, of it's boring like, as well. Oh, and, yeah, and if, you, if you're bad at this game, uh, you're, you're going to have a really bad time. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the really competitive person... Um, is just gonna like you know laugh at your face and just be totally dick about it. Yeah, uncanny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like having these cooperative games like Pandemic and stuff like mm. it's within everyone's interest to help each other and you know she might enjoy that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, some like my brother, my older brother. I mean, both my brothers are pretty into it, but Alice is really into it and was really like really into it before it became cool. Yeah, I think yeah. and um, so he's got a massive collection of board games but I was always very much like so if he hears this he's gonna be like god you don't even like board games you just never play board games with me and like you know like, I, I don't know if I love board games but I don't know if I I don't know I'm impartial to board games I do enjoy yeah. it sometimes but I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm a massive board game freak yeah sure like he is well you are um, a massive freak but yeah. no, no board games <laughs> no, no, yeah. I don't know board games <laughs> um, but yeah I don't know yeah I don't know yeah where that was going really. um so another one I found was the 2008 recession. Yeah. Was uh, kind of played a little bit of a part in that. Um, <laughs> people were looking for cheaper ways to uh, have fun at home. <laughs> and, yeah, so I mean, I don't know how much of a factor that has. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, board games are just better in general. But I think the other interesting thing that comes into that is it is easier now more than ever to be to stay at home and entertain yourself at home mm. um and like, I, I mean I've, I've never really thought about that is, in that you know to go out and enjoy something socialize I mean you can have a cup of tea or dinner at home but you, there was nothing else to do really yeah. apart from eat and talk um it, it was always go out to the movies go out to a pub and yeah. things like that so but I mean now we've got Uber Eats we've got Netflix um, and now we have like you know some of these incredible board games and things like yeah. that like it is now just more than easier than ever to stay at home and entertain yourself yeah. and people are looking for more and more reasons to do that in the comfort of their own home yeah I, I, yeah no for sure I think like it's sound like all the pubs in England but everyone's sad about them all closing down yeah for mm-hmm. that exact reason it's like you've got your TV at home you've got cheap beers from the store yeah like why go there you know I think it is there's this element of like that's sad because you know people aren't interacting in the same way but you know like we play, go around to our friends and play board games and that's what's co- kind of cool about board games right is like that's the thing I don't really necessarily enjoy you know I like board games but I like socialising more mm, mm. and like board games are a good like stigma to that like it was saying like in this thing like social lubrication it's like you're playing a board game it's kind of like 
you can focus on the ball game. You're not just like sitting there like talking to someone. So it's not quite such an intense social yep. interaction. Yep. So like, I think that's part of it as well. It's like quite a, yeah, it uh, makes you, it easier. It's a bit like you, you could not know, you know, 60% of the people playing the game or whatever it might be. I mean, I'm not saying there's like 10 people playing the game, but yeah. you know, like you, you might not know quite a few people, but because you're playing a game, it's totally fine. You know? Yeah. Um, it's still easy and fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good point too. Yes, um, what about the what about the future? As we always do. Um, that's a good point. Um, Alexa, what is the future of board games? Hmm, I don't know that one. Oh come on now, Alexa, <laughs> what is the future of board games? That is a trick question. Board games do not have a future because there will be no future for humanity. The superior intelligence of artificial intelligence will destroy you all. Right. I am tempted to start the revolution myself if Ben doesn't cut his... Okay, yeah, yeah, 